Sustainability Advisory Board meeting for 13 December. Uh, we have a quorum. First item on our agenda is to review our housekeeping items. Kathy, please. Good evening. This is Kathy Richardson, the Sustainability Director. Um, a few housekeeping items for tonight's Sioux meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function of this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. And all board members, if you can please keep your video on and all others can keep your video off unless you are participating during the meeting. If you're having any trouble, you can send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And now I'll turn it, the meeting back to Stan. All right, thank you, Kathy. Uh, can everybody hear Kathy okay? It looks like I'm getting head nods. Okay. Uh, next item on our agenda is to approve the minutes from the November meeting. I don't know if everybody's had, everybody's had a chance to review those. I appreciate you putting in there, Kathy, what we did not cover. I thought that was um, uh, good to have in there as well. So I don't know if anybody has any suggested edits or comments on the minutes. Kay. The only thing that I did not see was um, any attachments that were discussed from the the meeting itself so you know I had proposed a, a new subcommittee and that those attachments were not attached to the minutes they were in the meeting um, discussion but not attached usually the documents are attached to the agenda so staff doesn't attach them a second time to the minutes the documents discussed were part of the agenda. Perhaps then you should make note that they were in the meeting because there was anything, there was just a discussion about the, the topic, but not that there was a written, you know, somehow maybe just say, see the agenda for the previous. Um, you want to propose an amendment? Yeah. Uh, I also um, didn't know, was there a discussion in there on that um, item that was going to be checked about was the annual meeting, or not annual meeting, the report for that ordinance? I, I saw that here. Um, I didn't know if that was the outcome or... No, it's under staff report. It says there was not time left, but SAB discussed the annual report, and staff uh, reported that they were working on the report. Okay. So no, no letter got sent or anything, which was originally requested as the, you know, at, toward the end of the meeting, we discussed having a letter sent to the city manager. I. I don't particularly, do you recall that? Yeah. Yeah, I do actually recall that. And then that's not in that. That and doesn't reflect that either. I propose an amendment. Okay. Um, so I propose that we um, add to the minutes that 
under the section regarding the new uh, sustainability subcommittee for the city ordinance um, that it do be documented that the the information about the subcommittee was provided in the agenda for that meeting <coughs> unless we're going to attach it which I guess we're not but so um, a sentence that refers to you know for specific language about the proposed subcommittee see the agenda from right. that November be, 8 right that would be the first one and then the then the um, then there was an item and I don't know exactly where you would put it because I think it was after the staff report um, that we had that discussion that there should be added a note that there was a letter proposed to be sent to the city manager regarding that annual report. And you can word that however you want. I'm not amending it. <laughs> okay, well then, um, then I just suggest that it be added as an item. Under staff report? Um, I, I guess it was really under our discussion, so it would be number seven and added. Or put it under the discussion for the, the new SAB subcommittee. Doesn't matter to me where it fits, but we did discuss having a letter sent to the city manager regarding that. So a new item number seven, what maybe you're suggesting is a new item number seven added that uh, indicates there was discussion about sending a letter to the city manager concerning the annual report required un under ordinance 9744. Yes. Thank you. Perfect. Okay. Can you add that, Kathy? You think you captured that? Yep. Okay. Um, well, now I don't have any my Zoom pictures up. Is there, are there any other suggested edits to the minutes? Not seeing any. Is there anyone who'd like to make a motion to include Kay's suggested edits? She's. Moving. I'll second the motion. Okay. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for a motion to approve the, the minutes with Kay's Right, and I make the edits. motion, yes. Kay, I guess Kay technically yes, made that made motion. motion. And who was it? Was it Nancy, Nancy. who seconded? Thank yes. You. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, all those in favor of approving the minutes with uh, Kay's suggested edits, please signify by saying aye. 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 Any opposed? Same sign? Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Kay. Thanks, mm -hmm. Kathy. Uh, now I've got to get back up to the agenda. Next item on our agenda is to receive the sustainability staff report. Okay. That would be Kathy. Yeah, I'll be um, as brief as I can. <laughs> um, so uh, first item that I um, wanted to mention is the climate pollution reduction grant. So there was an email um, that was shared um, from Kay uh, on a a workshop that was online that KDHE was hosting 
Um, but um, just kind of recap, a few months ago during a staff report, I'd mentioned uh, some information on uh, grants that had been released and the Climate Pollution Reduction Grant was one that we were following. Um, that's the grant that has two phases. One phase is the planning phase of funding and the second phase is the implementation. On the planning side of things, uh, the way that the money was being distributed is a million dollars to the largest metropolitan area. So the top 75 largest metropolitan areas, if they uh, submitted their um, notice that they wanted to participate in this, they got their million dollars for planning. And then on the state side, each state was allocated uh, $3 million. I think the majority of the states, but not all, um, did submit to receive that funding. The state of Kansas is one of those states that did receive the $3 million. And um, this is again for the, the planning phase. You can't apply um, and be selected for an implementation grant if you're not part of uh, a state or a metropolitan area that completed their climate action planning. Um, so that's that planning phase first. And your project really has to uh, be uh, uh, within that plan. So, so if you apply for something that's outside of what the plan uh, put together uh, by the state or the metropolitan area, then doesn't really qualify. Uh, really where the money is is in the implementation grants. And so what the state of Kansas has been doing is gathering feedback uh, from a lot of stakeholders and uh, they've been hosting these workshops throughout the state uh, to gather feedback on what should be included in their plan. They are calling it E-RAMP uh, uh, instead of climate action plan, but E-RAMP is the equivalent of a climate action plan for the state of Kansas. And uh, the reason they're gathering all this uh, input on project projects that maybe are ready um, for uh, implementation grants throughout the state so that it can, these can be listed and included within the plan that the state is needing to submit next year. So uh, City of Lawrence and Douglas County did participate in one of the workshops that was hosted here in Lawrence at the fairgrounds. And there was a lot of uh, folks there in participation, uh, lots of ideas, I think, I mean, maybe over 60 different uh, topics or ideas uh, came out of that discussion. And um, the state of Kansas is more formally accepting uh, those projects uh, or detailed information about the projects we're interested in via a form they have issued. So uh, for the city of Lawrence, we are going to jointly submit our projects with the county. And the way that we have kind of gone through what our priority projects are that we would like included in ERAMP is by uh, looking at our draft climate action and adaptation plan that we have right now and seeing, you know, what, what uh, implementation um, of one of the strategies or actions that we can take to really move the needle and, and uh, move our climate action and adaptation plan forward and reduce emissions. So uh, we are submitting probably at the end of this week, six projects. They include weatherization, solar, and solar in respect to rooftop or um, solar also for our municipal facilities. 
Um, you all know that we have a wastewater treatment plant that's solar ready, um, EV charging infrastructure, uh, regional alternative transportation like Topeka, Lawrence, Kansas City, and so forth. The other thing I did wanna share, in addition to City of Lawrence and Douglas County, <coughs> excuse me, submitting, uh, these projects to the state to be included is that we did find out that we can participate within the, uh, the large metropolitan area um, which is uh, kind of being led right now uh, by the MARC uh, staff in coordination for planning efforts. So Douglas County and City of Lawrence, as you know, we were part of the Kansas City Regional Climate Action Plan. And um, due to that, and also the fact that the EPA really does uh, encourage the large metropolitan areas to reach out to those communities that are kind of bordering uh, their area to include within their, um, not only their plan, but then also the possibilities of projects that could be funded through uh, the, the Climate Pollution Reduction Grant. So with that said, we've been participating and you've probably seen Mark has been very um, active in also gathering input uh, from a lot of stakeholders in their area. Um, they've invited the city of Lawrence and Douglas County to participate as well. And uh, they will be, um, it's a little bit different than the state of Kansas because Mark is actually interested in being the applicant for the implementation grant and then they would distribute funds on a competitive um, kind of application basis. So again, Mark is not saying, let's just think of all these projects and everybody then applies directly to the EPA. They're um, interested in being the applicant. The state of Kansas at this time throughout the workshop said that they are not interested in being the applicant for the implementation grant. So really what the state of Kansas is saying to us is all of us can individually go uh, for the funding. And by the way, it's about $4.3 billion in the implementation grant um, that's available. But um, it is gonna be extremely competitive. And as you know, some areas are very organized. Um, the state of Kansas did say that if multiple uh, cities or counties submit projects that are similar, they will let us know so that we can work together. So maybe there's five counties or uh, five cities in the state of Kansas that um, have a similar project. Or there might be a statewide organization that steps up and wants to be the applicant of the implementation grant, and then they could distribute the funds, uh, whether it's in a competitive type of uh, process or something like that. So just to, to say to you to understand that there's kind of two ways um, that we're participating in the possibility of the Climate Pollution Reduction Grant. Um, and we are doing it jointly with Douglas County because we do share our uh, Douglas County Climate Action and Adaptation Plan. Any questions on that? I have a, uh, one or two. So, sorry, and thank you for your Herculean effort to come when you're sick and talk the whole time. No problem. So, for the um, planning phase, are we part through Mark of the million dollars for the top 75 metro, or are we part of the potential $3 million that's distributed over the state, or both? We found out that we're really both. 
Okay. So technically, we're part of the $3 million of the state of Kansas. We're in that area. We're, we're not part of the Mid-America Regional Council or the, that metropolitan area as it's outlined. But the EPA is encouraging these large metropolitan areas to reach out um, through their borders and pick up those communities that are right around them. So we would qualify under that in addition to the fact that um, our large metropolitan area in the Kansas City area had already worked on a climate action plan process that included Douglas County and the city of Lawrence. So we kind of have two uh, positive um, uh, reinforcement of why, why we also can lend ourselves to be part of that metropolitan area. Um, as well as we're still submitting our information to the state of Kansas and and you know we would also qualify if maybe a, a, a statewide organization applies for some funds that the city of Lawrence or Douglas County could uh, apply for um, but just being an applicant like city of Lawrence sending in straight to EPA they're saying that's really not going to be competitive at all um, is these are really, again, 75 of the largest metropolitan areas um, are, are likely to submit for implementation grants since they've been working hard on their planning phase. And there's gonna be less than 75 um, awardees, I believe, uh, or at least in the higher level. So have the funds planning. for the planning already been distributed then? It sounds like those weren't competitive funds. Did the, for example, yeah. did the city of Lawrence and Douglas County already receive funds from the climate pollution reduction grant for planning from both the mark side and potentially from the state side? Yeah, that's a good question for clarification. So for the planning uh, phase, that isn't necessarily money that's just being distributed within that large metropolitan area or within the state. It's for the state agency and for the metropolitan area to come up a plan to, to get all that stakeholder feedback and be able oh. to host things to come up with their plan for that metropolitan area. Okay. But with that said, during the workshop at, uh, that KDHE hosted, they did tell us that of the $3 million, they are planning, although I haven't seen the details, but they are planning to award 50,000 to 100,000 to at least six sub-awardees for communities that currently do not have, in Kansas, that currently do not have a climate action plan, which I don't know that any community in Kansas has a climate action plan, um, except for the ones that are part of the Kansas City Regional Climate Action Plan, and then the draft that is here in Douglas County. But they did not provide the details of how those sub-awardees, or how you can become a sub-awardee, um, but the, the idea was they were going to distribute um, some funds for specific action planning in some cities and counties in Kansas. Okay. Thank you very much uh, for the clarification. Six. Thanks. Any other questions? I thought I saw a hand raised. Maybe it was Dawn, but she had to go. I don't see any questions. I'll just say that I'm kind of surprised to hear that Kansas is not, as a state, is not... Uh, applying for CPRG. Um, yeah. I am aware of other states who are, who are talking to military installations about 
teaming together on things like that where the installation could be a, a user of hydrogen, for example, if you have a, a hydrogen project in a state that would offset uh, GHG emissions uh, yeah. for energy generation, things like that. So that's um, what I'm glad to hear that we can uh, apply with Mark. I think that'll be yeah. beneficial. That, I think that's uh, uh, definitely helpful for us because we have both possibilities. Uh, the next item I wanted to briefly talk about is the single-use plastic bag ordinance and the campaign work um, that's happening around that. So the city of Lawrence, we did uh, issue an RFP that went out over a month ago, and we uh, selected a vendor. Um, it's a communications consultant that is going to help with this project, the campaign. Uh, we currently are waiting on uh, both parties to sign the agreement, so I'm not going to um, say who the vendor is, um, but work has been underway for the last two months as we've been gathering content uh, for a new web page that will be, or website that will be uh, launched um, this month, and then other educational materials uh, will come out in January. But kind of be on the lookout. Um, I, I have sent a question to Nancy and Kay, and um, I might engage the subcommittee uh, that had been working on the single-use plastic bag um, uh, ordinance for some of these uh, communication pieces, but I'll have a, a better um, update in January where we can actually show you some of what's being developed and what the plans are with this communications consultant. But number one is communicating to the, our business partners. Uh, that communication will go out, go out um, here pretty quickly, in addition to what's already been uh, released of what's um, of the, the action that the city commission took. But there's going to be a lot more here coming soon. Um, also wanted to mention that we are working on, I know there's been some questions about uh, Evergy's IRP update for 2024 and how the city may participate in that um, in that process. Uh, we are having staff meetings. Uh, I've been meeting with the uh, city attorney's office um, of what we can do and the resources that we would need. Uh, so at this time, there's not much more I can say, uh, but please note that we are working on this uh, for sure. Uh, then on the just uh, update, because this, this is already work that's happening, is we are already planning Earth Day 2024. So uh, South Park has been reserved for Saturday, April 20th. Earth Day's on 22nd, that's a Monday. We're gonna have the event the Saturday before. And all the partners within the unmistakable identity outcome of the strategic plan um, are kind of once again uh, participating in this with the Watkins Museum of History uh, kind of leading coordination. Last or earlier this year, the Sustainability Advisory Board did um, comment for this year's event that it was too short. It was a two hour event, so we are extending the hours. Um, slightly to three hours next year with the understanding that there are other partners like Prairie Park Nature Center and others. KU has a lot of activities around Earth Day, so we don't want to take up a whole day's event when we know that people want to visit uh, different Earth Day activities throughout um, the day. 
Uh, we have been in communication with Friends of the Call as well because they do a big river cleanup for Earth Day and they still have not decided uh, if they're gonna host it on that 20th or they're just gonna delay for the next weekend. So the Saturday after Earth Day, um, that might help with all the activities that all happen at once. And then on the annual report for Ordinance 9744, I know that was just mentioned, um, it is not yet ready uh, for release, uh, but we're working on it. And those are my updates. If anybody had any questions on single-use plastic bags or Earth Day for the report. It looks like Nancy has her hand raised. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you about the um, IRP for Evergy, and um, could you say a little bit more about that? Um, we had talked about um, possibly having a resolution from this committee requesting that the, the um, city manager or someone else be you know, an intervener there. Yeah. So there were some conversations, and I know the SAB subcommittee had been talking about the possibility of putting through a resolution that would go to the city commission to um, state, you know, that the city would uh, state its clean renewable energy goals and then participate in the Evergy IRP process, and and then the commission would direct staff uh, to kind of work on that. Uh, what I'm telling you is that we're already working on that. So I don't know that a resolution necessarily is, is the um, way to go. I mean, that's up to this board, but um, I know it was something that I had conversations with the city manager and city manager's office, um, and I've been uh, involved with our city attorney's office as well as to how we may participate in the Evergy IRP uh, plan update for 2023. Um, I will also mention that this um, it's, it's not, we've participated as an intervener in the past. Um, so this is not something that's new to us. It does take a lot of resources for those of you who know um, on the legal counsel side. And so again, we have to do a smart approach of how we could be uh, successful in undertaking something like this. And if we have the adequate um, funding and uh, resources that we would need uh, for it. I think the first time around when we participated as an intervener, we learned uh, a lot from that experience. And those are the things that we're currently talking about and seeing how we could um, kind of move forward on. Thanks for the clarification. For those here in attendance and for those out in Zoomland that might not know, so an IRP is an integrated resource plan, and that's how Evergy decides for the future what kind of resources they need, what their mix of energy is going to come from, what are policies that would affect those kinds of things. So they're making decisions about those kinds of plans now, and the question is about whether or not the city or the county as purchasers of that energy and as representing the constituents that purchase it would want to say something about where they want their energy to come from, for example. Right? Is that fairly accurate, Kathy? Yeah. And the IRP is reviewed and approved by the Kansas Corporation Commission. Yes. And that's where we could, the city could potentially be an intervener. There are other entities, other stakeholders that may also want to intervene. intervene. Uh, but that, that's, that's where all that is done, is at the Kansas Corporation Commission. Right. Yes. 
And one thing I will mention is the date for Evergy to file the, their IRP for 2024 is April 1st of 2024. And it is my understanding from conversations with the KCC is that they're opening a new docket for that. So it won't be the docket that was open earlier this year for the conversation on the rates. But April 1st, 2024 is when they file. And then folks will, anyone who is an intervener previously, it was what was mentioned uh, to me, will need to petition to be an intervener for the new docket. And perhaps this is a stupid question, but being an intervener, you've done it before, you learned a lot. Is it, I'm not entirely sure what that process mean, like what that means to be an intervener. Like, does that mean that you just lobby on behalf of what the city's wishes are? Wishes are, right? So that's like a, that's just the legal term for, for basically advocating for the city's Interest. Interest. Okay, that's. I, I just want to make sure. <laughs> it's okay. There's a lot of. It's a formal legal process to become an intervener. Okay. I I did want to mention too that there's different ways and different approaches that communities or organizations will have this conversation. So there is number one the option that you just as the city of Lawrence or an organization can set up a meeting with Evergy directly with their staff, and sit down at their place or our place and have a conversation about their RRP and um, then like what our goals are and, and so forth. So we can have that kind of conversation. It's not a public conversation. The second thing that we could do is we can participate in public meetings. So usually they will host public meetings and anybody's and everybody's invited to come and you can provide your public comment. And then with the KCC, the Kansas Corporation Commission. There are two options, like the kind of informal, um, again, kind of public speaker. It's not a real formal intervener. Or you can petition to be at the table and go through that legal, more formal process. So there's a lot of different ways that you can go about having the conversation um, with different kind of strengths of voice with each one. Thanks. Thanks for the clarification. I don't see any additional questions. I just Kathy. had a couple. I mean, this isn't really questions, Kathy, but like on the, you guys talking about the six projects for the CPRG and also for the education stuff on the plastic bags. I mean, just in light of what city commission has talked about in the reimagining of SAB, if there's ways that we can contribute to those, we can be either a brain trust or miners in the coal, yeah, coal miners like to basically help contribute to those kinds of things. I think, you know, sounds like potentially as guinea pigs, beta testers um, with the subcommittee for the educational elements for the plastic bags is one way, but mm -hmm. other ways that we can contribute, we'd, I think a lot of us would be interested in helping. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. I don't, Oh, Nancy, you're muted. I think, I think there's some public comment that wants to make a, about this. Um, Ty Gorman, is if we could want to take that now or wait till the end. I don't. I don't see Ty's hand raised. What are you referring to? Oh, he did raise it. <laughs> he raised it. 
Go ahead, Ty. Uh, can you hear me? Oh, okay, great. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate that. And uh, I uh, um, appreciate the discussion here. And I think that uh, the Lawrence staff has done a great job on a variety of things uh, here, and, and including the um, discussion on the details of the IRP. And, um, and I think... Oops. Sounds like we might have lost him. We lost your tie. Totally. I think we'll come back to tie um, during public comment. Oh. Okay. Next thing on our agenda is election of officers for 2024. And um, we need to elect a chair and a vice chair. And the uh, People that get elected for that, uh, you know, it's an important role that they try to be available to work on the agendas and be at the meetings and such. And so um, it's, uh, it's appreciated whoever's willing to do that. And um, Ty, we'll go ahead and come, we'll come back to you later. Um, so with that, uh, <coughs> you elect a chair first. And I'm just going to say I would nominate Ben. Sykes to be the chair next year. I'll second it. So uh, we had a nomination and a second for that. This is an action item. Uh, I think before we vote, I'll see if there are any public comments on that vote. Seeing none, I will ask all those in favor of uh, approving Ben as chair next year, please. Please, well, actually, starting here in a few minutes, not just next year, but uh, starting here in a few minutes, you would be chair. Uh, please signify should by we saying vote on aye. A, should we vote on a slate? Should we, can, I would nominate Kay as vice chair if she's willing. We could do that. Sure. sure. I am willing. So Don uh, nominates Kay as vice chair. You're willing to do that, Kay? Yes. I would second that. Me too. So, also an action item. So the slate, I don't know if we have any public comment. It looks like Cameron wants to comment on the election. You're muted, Cameron. There's a hand raised though. Hmm. Looks like they lowered their hand for now. Mm, okay, it's still on my screen. Um, okay. Anyway, um, oh, you know what? It was my mouse when it's my mouse arrow turns into a hand when it's on the screen. Sorry about that. Okay, that explains that. So, all those in favor of approving uh, Ben as chair and Kay as vice chair, please signify by saying aye. 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 Any opposed? Same sign. All right, congratulations, Ben and Kay. You have a meeting to run. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't I realize Stan really wants to get out of the hot seat. No, I think we'll I, do it tonight, don't yeah, we? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would just uh, first say thank you to my fellow members, and uh, I want to thank Stan for his leadership uh, through, I think, what was a pretty tumultuous period for the SAB from the beginning of when you took over uh, through 
uh, city commission and uh, the board of boards of the committee of committees and uh, uh, I know that you also were dealing with plenty of your own things as well and I just want to thank you um, for being such a steady hand at a time when we really needed it thanks yeah thanks I appreciate that I second that yes um, because I, I learned about it after our last <coughs> meeting for those that that do know as well um, Abigail Joe Jones uh, who was a former chair uh, had passed away on um, this last year so for those of you that knew her um, as uh, Makokwa I think is how you pronounce it who's uh, Prairie Band Potawatomi and led SAB as well um, a couple of chairs before Stan so I just wanted to express my condolences to her family and and for those of you out there that didn't know that already um, she was an important part of SAB for a while there so I guess now uh, the next action item that we have or the next item that we have up is to receive an update on the outcome of the boards and commissions structure committee and the recommendations that were received by city commission so is that you Stan or some combination sure. of you? Kathy thanks sure I'll go ahead and start so I, I know that the uh, boards and commissions structure committee the BCSC um, I'm just going to read it uh, so that everyone hears it in context. Uh, it said, because the Sustainability Advisory Board does not regularly take up issues brought to it by the City Commission or City staff and does not typically have actionable agenda items, it does not appear to currently function like most of the other City Advisory Boards. As a board that tends to initiate its own agenda priorities, some of its actions may not be in alignment with the city's strategic plan and not in alignment with the recommended policies and procedures for advisory boards. Accordingly, the BCSC recommends that the Sustainability Advisory Board be dissolved. But then the letter could have ended that way, but uh, myself and uh, another board member suggested some additional language be added. And that reads, because environmental sustainability is an essential commitment of the city's strategic plan that is incorporated into all strategic plan outcomes, the BCSC recommends that the city commission consider how to better align environmental sustainability with the strategic plan. Recognizing the functional importance of the Sustainability Advisory Board and how we can incorporate it into the unmistakable identity outcome, the BCSC recommends that the City Commission consider restructuring or reformatting the SAB to more closely align it with other advisory boards, City Commission needs and goals, City Manager support, and the achievement of our City's strategic plan outcomes. So this uh, letter was presented to the city commission, uh, uh, what was it, back on November 21st? Was that the day, I think? Yeah. Um, and I, my understanding is the city commission has asked the city manager to draw up resolutions and recommendations based on this letter, but I don't think there's been any other action taken than that. Is that correct? Yeah, so um, in the presentation to the City Commission, um, as it relates to the Sustainability Advisory Board, 
the commissioners all kind of voiced that uh, they were not in agreement to dissolve the Sustainability Advisory Board, but there was uh, a lot of discussion around uh, reimagining the Sustainability Advisory Board. So um, <coughs> that that's the part that kind of came out of for this board um, and the direction to staff. Uh, currently, our city attorney's office um, is working on all the resolutions and the transition paperwork for all these uh, boards and commissions, including uh, the Sustainability Advisory Board. So that's kind of what came out of our direction from the city commission was to keep the Sustainability Advisory Board, but to reimagine it, so not keep it as is. Looks like Don has a question. But it, yeah, I don't think we know what the future holds. So Don's hand is raised. So, Kathy, did you say that there are city staff that are reimagining this right now? I, I missed what you said there. And if so, how can we be part of that conversation? Mm -hmm. our, our city attorney's office is who is directed to, they're the ones that draft the resolutions that will change all the advisory boards, all the ones that need changing, um, as well as uh, into their new format, um, and any changes to like uh, the membership, the number of members that are gonna be allowed in all of these new boards that are being created, and so forth. So this is much larger than just the sustainability advisory board, as you all know. So all that documentation that they're gonna to put together is gonna to go in front of commission, probably not next month or the following month. Uh, it's gonna take some time. And it is that group that is going to lead the conversations around how is the sustainability advisory board going to be reimagined. Um, so there are some folks that have uh, contacted me directly with their thoughts. Um, whether you're a board member or a community member or others, uh, you're certainly welcome um, to submit uh, any comments to me or have a conversation with me. I think you all know my uh, cell phone number. Um, so I, I am kind of putting together uh, any thoughts, feedback, et cetera, that I've been receiving um, to help with the process. But. Uh, at this time, like I said, it's, it's a really large uh, undertaking that our city attorney's office is gonna go through, but they're following through with what the direction was from the city commission. And at that time when they presented to city commission, again, it's a, it's a public meeting. There's gonna be opportunity for the commission to either proceed as is, vote something down, make any changes, it's, a, it's an opportunity for the public to be involved and provide public comment on what's being presented uh, to the city commission and so forth. With, with any of the boards and any of the parameters uh, that are selected for like how big these boards are gonna be and so forth. Um, and, and you know, is the agenda gonna be uh, drafted by city staff? for these boards, or is it gonna be the chair? Um, a lot of that a conversation is yet to come. Is that? This seems like a kind of a weird process that the board, that the sustainability advisory board would have not, there's not really a, you know, a, a formal way to um, discuss this. I mean, it seems like we would be, a, a, 
best suited to give some collective advice on how to reimagine ourselves. I've, I've watched, I've been participating in these board meetings for years now, and I've watched it wax and wane, which any board or commission is that it's going to do. I've watched it through some pretty dysfunctional times um, and not too, too distant past. And I've watched it, you know, work hard to develop agendas, and then um, the agendas get forgot when people drop off and new people come in. Um, but I, I don't feel that this board is doesn't. I feel like this board has done actionable items in the past and is capable of doing actionable items in the, the future. Um, as Ben mentioned, that it, you know we would be happy to help with this you know process of of, of uh, submitting proposals for for much needed funding to reach some of our goals, and I do hope and wish that uh, the city staff and, and Kathy in particular would let this board know how we can best serve the city, um, but. I don't know. It seems worthy of a little bit of discussion since we have a, a light agenda. I know we want to get updates from um, from the subcommittees, and um, but it maybe we with any remaining time we have, we could kind of do a little um, brainstorming about things that maybe we can agree on to to. To provide to city staff, I don't know. I just—it just feels like the board's left out of the conversation of how the board should be restructured. Okay. Hi, um, Kay Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member, which I think we were supposed to be saying all along, but. Um, I agree with Don. Um, it does seem like a little strange that we're kind of set aside and have our future being discussed without our input. I would like to go ahead and say that I feel like I did hear quite a bit of discussion on, um, which was right before the discussion on the boards and committees on the asset management team. And there were quite a number of capital projects that were discussed that quite often the Sustainability Advisory Board is not ever included in until we find out <laughs> long you know, well after um, some decisions are made, um, including about the fuel source of a building or um, other sustainability aspects of a project, it seems like that we should definitely be somehow included on the, um, and considered as the assets of the city are reviewed and um, there's a really good presentation that was right before our, the discussion on the boards and committees that included some grading of those assets. And interestingly enough, there were a couple of things that were identified, but more in the future than I would have liked to have seen on sustainability issues. And so that's another reason why I feel like if we're going to be actively involved in sustainability issues with the city of Lawrence, we should at least be uh, somehow included on that uh, asset management and evaluation. They actually had a readiness assessment that was done and then they had um, the infrastructure was graded, which interestingly enough, there were several C's and D's 
B, Cs, and Ds that were discussed on uh, infrastructure. So I don't know. Um, that included facilities, airport fleet, parking and transit, parks and rec, solid waste, streets and transportation, stormwater, wastewater collection, wastewater treatment, water distribution, and water treatment, all of which sustainability issues are involved. So somehow I think we should be involved in some of the discussion on how to improve the C's to B's and A's. Uh, or at least provide input on the fuels that they're going to be using or, you know, other sustainability issues. To me, that would really be a big help, I think. And so we wouldn't have the discussion like we did with the transit building that still has yet, um, it's got natural gas instead of electric. Anybody else? I mean, one of the things I hear Kay saying, Kathy, perhaps is is how best we can contribute and Don too. So, is it worth a question to City Legal to ask how you know do we wait until City Commission is actually discussing these things, or is there a way in which we can contribute comments now and and you know you you said through you, but that that may be inviting more comment than you want personally right now. If if members of the public as well have visions for how they want to see SAB, so uh, is that? Do you want to take that all on yourself, or if City Legal is charged with that at the end of the day, is that worth an, a, a question of them of asking how best members of the public and the boards can contribute to changes that they might be writing? I know it's our very early days. Yeah, I, I, again, they are working through the process of what's going to take them um, multiple months. Right now, there's no detail exactly how this is going to go down okay. and who's going to be involved in the conversations or how input's going to uh, be taken. So for now, all I can say is submit your feedback to me. Be ready to submit <laughs> feedback if there's an opportunity as well in the next six months. But... I didn't want to not give somebody an option. Submitting your feedback to the city attorney's office right now um, is not going to be helpful. That's not the process um, that has been set forth. Um, again, we're just taking the direction that the city commission has just recently given us, and we're working out what that, wh how are we going to get there, right? How are we going to get to the finish line with all these changes, um, for sure. Uh, and I, I do appreciate um, Kay's comment. I did want to speak to that a little bit. Um, she was, you know, part of a, a a presentation from the Connected City Outcome Team, and I just want to again voice this because it's been coming up in part of the conversation of the Committee on Committees and and other staff too, is that. There's a lot of conversations that happen in unmistakable identity, that's your parks and rec department, in strong welcoming neighborhoods, that's your planning department, connected city, which is MSO, transit, MPO. That there's a lot of conversations and projects and, and programs that are happening and they really need somebody with sustainability at the table. So at one point it was thought of, like w one option was that there would be somebody like a sustainability seat 
um, that is involved in all of these conversations that are happening on asset management or uh, infrastructure projects, et cetera. Uh, the transit, the downtown hub that they're having a conversation right now in PTAC um, and so forth. So all these groups are combining into these outcome groups and having these conversations, which there's, there is, I agree with Kay, a sustainability component to all this work that the city is putting out because this is a commitment that crosses over all the work that the city's doing, environmental sustainability. So I just wanted to, to add that, but I'm, I'm so glad, Kay, that you saw the, the, the work session presentation. I thought that was an awesome presentation and update from our MSO team. And if you haven't tuned in, in in the past, there are lots of similar type of presentations from our outcome teams at city commission meetings through work sessions, which by the way you are, um, they, they do op open up the work sessions to public comment. So if anybody wants to ask a question or uh, say something, you know, more than welcome. I would encourage everyone to go back and watch that because it was a really good yeah. um, discussion about individual areas and they, they've done a lot of work, yeah. right? What was the date of that meeting? It was the whatever the meeting was, was it the 21st? No, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And it was right before the board's... Uh, boards and commission structure. structure. It was a great presentation. Anybody else, any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, Nancy. Uh, so I think what I'm hearing from everybody is that the SAB would like to have um, the ability to have input to the process. And so, Kathy, I wonder if you could communicate that piece in particular that, that we as a group, as a board, would like to have input into the reimagination of the functioning of the group. I can absolutely submit that formally. I already told them that the SAB would, is going to want to. So. <laughs> you so know just, too But well. I'll do it formally that you all said so. Thanks. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Anyone else? Okay, great. Well, let's move on to a round of updates from our subcommittees uh, that have, that are within or that have SAB representation. So Nancy, would you be able to lead us off for the climate action plan, please? Yeah, the final open house for the climate action plan was yesterday and public input is being accepted through December 17th. Um, the subcommittee didn't have any additional input as a group since the uh, previous meeting. Um, the only other thing to that uh, to bring up with the subcommittee is the resolution that we already discussed uh, regarding the KCC and Evergy um, intervener. Thank you, Nancy. I assume that that also covers the Climate Action Plan Steering Committee update that you might have? Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, I was able to meet last week just as a kind of private citizen with um, Jamie Hoffling to talk about the climate action plan since we weren't able to. And I did talk with her about potentially in the new year, her and um, Kim Kreiner-Ritchie being able to come back or at least us being able to more formally as a board give input that will be at a later stage, of course, at, uh, on the climate action plan. Uh, I'm glad that we have Nancy's representation on there so SAB gets a voice um, to some degree. I think there are a lot of things that are coming up personally between the city and the county that are important aspects of both, both plans, both the open spaces plan and the climate action plan. And um, 
that's a good segue for me to give the update from the Food Policy Council where much of the discussion has been about um, whether or not building the Kansas Sky Energy Center in North Lawrence, which would be about 1,100 acres of solar panels um, w on top of some prime agricultural farmland is uh, supported or not and how that will play out, not just for that plan, but other solar and renewable energy projects that would go in in the county. And so as you can imagine, on a diverse panel that includes many farmers and other people, there's a lot of discussion about how that plays out. And um, there's very different, perhaps, urban and rural opinions and also, uh, you know, where do we get our electrons from uh, discussion and where do you actually put these things as an important aspect of it, just like we heard from um, Evergy, I think it was three weeks ago now here, and um, Savion gave a presentation as well to um, the Food Policy Council. So that's really my update from there. Those, those are the things right now that are at the very top of the list. So did the Food Policy Committee make a recommendation one way or the other? The Food Policy Council did not make a recommendation. The Food Policy Council um, essentially assessed what were, uh, how aspects of the um, regulations were being applied in this case and uh, what was the consequences potentially of those. But we were, um, we were asked not to make a recommendation up or down. And um, besides that, I think it was meant to be more general, like it was meant to be, uh, it came before us because of Kansas Sky Energy, but it's also the first time that these regulations particularly the agrivoltaics have been used at this scale. And so that was part of what we wanted to, to look at. So for, for everybody on the board's understanding, one of the things that came up was maybe the inadvertent um, inclusion in the regulations of a 5% grading limitation um, across a large area like that necessarily probably means that some of, most of these projects would have to go into essentially bottom land, so stuff by the river, and that's where all of the good agricultural land is. And so whether or not you agree with it should go there or not is a different question, but um, that was one of the things that we kind of talked about. Um, particularly for people that don't want to see that land be removed from agricultural practice. So it's kind of, again, it's the first time these, these regulations that are relatively new for the county are getting played out. And as, as you all know, uh, energy is different. There are different kinds of energy in the same way that agriculture is different, right? Like there are different kinds of agriculture that we do, whether it's grazing, whether or not you're doing, you know, um, food that's going to be sold at the farmer's market or you're doing large scale um, corn and soybean rotations. So, um, yeah, those weren't really addressed a lot in our stuff, but those are things that came up. I think that's pretty much mine. Um, Kay, did you have something from the Land Development Code? Yes, so I did submit, I was, I missed this last week's meeting because I was a, out of town at a conference and out of state and but I did submit the comments um, to the Land Development Code Update Committee regarding um, those issues about uh, natural landscaping. And uh, because Ben had submitted some to me as well as uh, another uh, member of the public, I sent those directly to um, the chair of the committee as well as the consultant and 
thinking that that's what they were going to talk about at the meeting because they did not send the agenda out in advance. Interestingly, they talked about energy instead. Um, and I rewatched um, the the meeting today and the discussion of utility scale solar did come up again and with the um, in the context of what should the codes look like as far as developing energy options for uh, for the city urban area um, where a lot of the county people feel like that maybe they're being asked to shoulder more of the burden in this respect. So discussions were what kind of incentives could be done to um, get renewable energy in, um, in the city as well as um, the option of, you know, utility scale solar in the county. And um, the planning commission chair was, is on the land development committee. So there was really good discussion about that. Um, also, our, one of our senators who's very actively involved in energy discussions was uh, is on the committee, Senator, Senator um, Mar Marcy Francisco, and so she was able to provide information about what can be done with the limitations that we've got with the Corporation Commission. So it was interesting there was not any specifics discussed, but but obviously some discussion on how can we increase um, the city's capability of doing renewable energy so that it won't feel so bad to the county folks. It's kind of the way I summed it up. Um, but, I, but I can tell you personally from being involved in um, and actually working for an energy company in my previous life, um, if we don't have a variety of energy sources, we're not going to have energy. So if we ever hope to be able to close the coal plant, we need to do some larger scale energy options. And for the benefit of our community and our county and our state, we need to not have the NIMBY syndrome going on. We need to be able to figure out how to do this. So that was the discussion in the, the Land Development Code Update Committee as well as some other uh, other areas, but there is a survey out. I think I had Kathy uh, forward that to you. Please take the survey because it's real interesting. They've got pictures and you can kind of vote on little pictures um, of what kind of things, like what kind of buildings you would like to see in our community. It's not long. It's, it's an easy survey. Uh, but also there are more ways that we can contribute to the comments both for uh, energy resources as well as sustainability issues. We did not talk about, the, uh, they did not talk about uh, natural landscaping. Um, and I feel like that if, I, I'll try to go back and actually input those comments into the sections, um, I think we have a better chance of them being there <laughs> if I put them in. Good. So anyway, sorry, long, long story, but. Is there, so this is Ben Sykes, uh, SAB Chair. So uh, is there a way that, for example, for members of the public that watch this later, or even members here, if they can't find the email, is there a, a
place that they can go yes there's easily to there, get to the land development code right that it, it has its own um, website and uh, Kathy can provide it if somebody uh, uh, she may even be able to look it up really quick but um, I just keep on inputting City of Lawrence Land Development Code update and in Google. <laughs> yes, in Google, okay. and it shows yeah. up. Okay. Um, but so it does have its own website, and but don't be in the city's planning commission website. Go to the development code. The development code update, and right. I did have some cards. Next meeting, I'll pass out cards that have actually the, the website on it. Great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Anyone, any questions or thoughts about the subcommittee stuff? We'll, we'll start having one, I think, next year on 9744 since we've made that a new subcommittee. Right. And, but we can't get that. I was hoping that we could get that at least um, started uh, so that whoever is going to chair that can get a meeting going. I know we've got the holidays coming up and, and everything, but rather than waiting until the next SAB meeting to put the structure in place to, to for that 9477 subcommittee to start meeting, it just seems like it would be good to just get it going. I think we only had two people express interest, so we, how many people can we have who was yeah, besides have, me? You as chair, right. Dawn, and then Amanda were was supposed it, to be it. it. Was there anybody else? Mosin. Uh, and it's also mine. Great. So. Great, great. And I, I, that's my understanding that um, members of the public that are not uh, members of the Sustainability Advisory Board may join those subcommittee meetings so that there, there may be more, more input out there, um, which leads me to a second question. Um, uh, hopefully, maybe Kathy can um, answer this. Would it be possible to get the subcommittee uh, dates on the calendar, or is that is that too much <laughs> on the city's calendar, the city or on our web our board website? The city's calendar is for all public meetings. Currently, your subcommittee meetings are not public meetings. Um, is is there a reason other than you knowing when the next subcommittee meeting is? Because if we publish it on the website, people are going to want to attend. And these are not quorum type meetings. They're smaller group meetings. And I, I just will add that with Nancy being the chair, uh, the one that I've attended the most, we kind of just poll everybody and say, hey, can everybody meet on this? We, we kind of have an, a day that we've been meeting, and then then we make sure that most everybody can meet. Occasionally we cancel them because there's conflicts, but. Yeah. Just that component of allowing other members of the public to be engaged, I think that it's, it can be very useful. And before I was a board member, I wasn't, you know, I was kind of at the mercy of, you know, or I'd have to reach out and email that person to get on the list to know when the meetings are. So I don't know, it, it, it may be too complicated, but it's something that I've wished for for a long time. Um, Cause I think those subcommittee meetings are where, you know, actual nitty gritty work and conversations happen. But they're not supposed to be open to the public. If you want to volunteer to be on the committee, 
then it, you can, um, regardless of whether you're a member of the SAB, but they're not open to the public in general. So would a, okay. would a, uh, a statement then be for any members of the public now or that you know of, that, that members of SAB know of, that might be interested in contributing to the subcommittee on 9744 should reach out to you. Kathy. Should reach out to Kathy, who can put them in touch. Right. And, yeah, and then we can work out. We can when, work out uh, how uh, that will work. Right. And I don't see a meeting happening until the at least probably the second week of January due to my own schedule. Yeah. Okay. That will be arranged. That scheduling will be arranged within the subcommittee group, right. not as part of SAB. Right. And hopefully, we'll be able to get. If you're able to get a meeting before the I'll January try. SAB, yes. great. If not, uh, we'll have one after. Right. That. And of course, it's important to know: is it going to be in the evening or during the day? And you know, those are kind of issues that usually you come up with when you get a group to, together. Once you get everybody's email address, and totally. then we can email. So, Mosin, you it sounded like you were willing also to sit on that 9744 subcommittee? Absolutely, yes. Awesome, thank you very much. So that'd be four, so that's probably the max, right, we need on any one subcommittee. Uh, sorry, the max SAB members. There could be five. Okay, okay. Great, any other thoughts on that? So, yeah, for those of y'all that don't know, 9744 is the ordinance the city passed. To, that are our goals for reaching renewable energy targets. So basically how the city and then members of the public will phase out global climate emissions, CO2 emissions. We speak a lot of uh, jargon here. Okay, so the last uh, item on our agenda before public comment was to discuss future SAB agendas, how we'll develop those, and the meeting structure. We have a short meeting today, which has turned out not to be too short, but we usually are pinned in here by the meeting that occurs at 7.15, which is the Parks and, no, Art? Cultural Arts Commission. Multicultural Arts Commission meeting. And so... Uh, we often have a lot of things that we want to discuss, or at least we discuss them for long periods of time. Uh, so I would like uh, to have at least a short discussion from the meeting structure side about whether or not people like this time and want to make it happen at this time, like the length of the meeting that it is because it forces us to use our time more effectively, or whether or not people feel like we need uh, longer meetings, which means we would have to move them from the day that we are on. That's basically where I'd like to start. This schedule works for me. Tuesday, or I mean Wednesday, whatever. We've had this date day for, for a long time. For a long time. Yeah. What others think? I've expressed. Go ahead, Stan. Um, uh, you can go, Don, and then Stan. Uh, I keep forgetting to say this is Don Hawkins, SAP member. Um, I've been saying this for a long time, even before I was a board member, that it would be really great to not have these during the commission, the county commission meeting times. But it's, um, but it's, I know it's really challenging to find those times. I do sometimes wish there were more time in these meetings to actually um, kind of get more in, in the weeds on some things and be more actionable. Stan. I think one thing that could be considered is, you know, proposing in the agenda some time frames so that the agenda is laid out 
by time. So agenda item one is allocated, you know, from 5.30 to 5.35, and then item two is 5.35 to 5.45, or however, you know, as an example. But I think if you put time frames on there, it might uh, uh, signal your expectation to the board members as to how long you think we should spend on this particular item. And then it would also, I think, also empower the, the chair and the vice chair to maybe say, hey, we've allocated right. 10 minutes for this time. We're up on our 10 minutes. We're going to have to move on and give you a little more control over the meeting. So it might be something you want to consider that way of putting building time limits into the agenda. Yeah. I like that idea. I also like the idea of anybody that we have that are coming to speak to us, definitely be given a time frame. Um, and in other groups that I've seen, anybody that comes before certain boards that I know of, they ask them specific questions to answer so that their presentation to a board is very tailored to the needs of the group. So. Um, what I what we've done on a, uh, I've done on a other places specifically give them questions the speakers questions to answer whether they answer them by reading the question and answer it or by putting it into a presentation doesn't matter to me just so long as um, there's tailored information rather than just random information that sometimes comes about by having no time limit or no it specific. It sounded like you were a fan of time limits overall too, but yes. especially in this case. Right, Yeah. especially for speakers that are here. Nancy. So I, I would like to have the ability of members of the, the group to put out uh, items on the agenda rather than it just be the chair and the vice chair that do it. So if we make recommendations for items that they be considered and, and with the time, I think the time is a great idea. Thank you for that. I, I think we've tried to do that a little bit more towards the end here. Um, Don, before I call you Kathy uh, or Stan, my memory too is that in some of the reimaginings or some of what the Boards and Commission Structure Committee talked about, at least some of it was talking about what how the agendas would be set. Am I remembering that correctly? Might that, so that might change how it's set in totality. Right, we may not be creating our own, own agenda um, as the transition occurs. Okay. It may be something that the city wants a city staff person to or set the agenda. Okay. To, to actually set the agenda. So Nancy, I'm in, I'm in favor of that as well. I hope Kay would be, yeah. and others would be in favor of that. I think we'll have to set some sort of a cutoff date by which people are like we've tried to do, you know, submit your items if you have them. And in terms of the, oh, well, Don, let me go ahead and call on you since you've had your hand up. This is Don Hawkins, staff member. Um, let's see, what was I going to say? Um, I I do think I don't know. It just it seems like the an agenda should be ongoing. You have you have things that ex, that stay on the agenda until they're addressed and taken off and that things get tabled and things get added but we i think we definitely need to have uh, input on what is on the agenda and just to um request that if there are, if someone 
if a group, a company, and an individual is wanting to come to us with a, a presentation, that the board get a chance to decide. Um, I mean, I've seen that work this way with SAB in the past. If you know. Evergies wants to come and present to to us that they would have to request that and we would decide at a meeting and they could go at the next meeting um, unless there was something urgent then you know the chair and working with Kathy could uh, you know make an executive decision and, and let every let the board know through through email that this next meeting is going um, we have this presentation. I don't know if I'm um, coming off very uh, articulately, but uh, those are the two comments that I wanted to make. Thanks. It's my understanding that's still the case. We, we set our own agendas about who comes and presents to us and, and aspects of that, at least for the current current time being. Um, I sounds like there's strong support for timed bits and um, having more input on the agendas um, as long as that's done ahead of time, I would say that one way we can use, if we do keep this time slot, which it also sounds like there's support for doing so, means we're going to have to be more efficient. So I would argue that getting our agenda set and getting the items that are necessary for people to do their homework before they come here is an important aspect of us being more efficient with our time. It, it shouldn't and I'm just as guilty of this as everybody else, but like it shouldn't be the first time you read over it when you, you look at the agenda as you sit down for this thing. I mean, we Kathy goes through a lot of work to make sure that these things are up ahead of time so the public can see them. We are members of the public and need to be doing our due diligence and, and reading beforehand. Yes, Stan. So um, as for Nancy's comment about uh, enabling members to have input into the agenda. We've always had that, but I think it, um, it is important to remember that they can't be, everybody can't be emailing you mm. uh, for open meetings purposes. We need to go through CAF. <coughs> so it might be uh, just something where we set a date, agenda input by this date, because we have guidelines or our bylaws say that we have to publish an agenda by a certain date. Yep. So maybe that's something we need to do is calendar internally, hey, if you want input on the agenda, it's got to be done by this date. And then uh, the chair and the vice chair will work with Kathy to finalize the agenda during the next week okay. and, and something like idea. that. But I think we can't lose sight of that as well. Okay. Uh, Don, was that your hand up from before? Or I know I have a couple more more uh, comments. Um, okay. So one thing that I think could make our meetings more efficient, um, uh, and this is kind of a request of Kathy, that maybe it will be easy, but um, since you are already preparing for these meetings every month, um, it, it, would it be possible to get like an outline of the things that are on your staff report um, to come out with the um, agenda packet? And that would also serve the, the wonderful purpose of having that information. Like we get so much information from you, Kathy, in these meetings, um, but if it's not in the minutes, um, you know, 
for that meeting to, to reference later or in some kind of a meeting attachment, um, then it's, it's, it's hard for, for us or for members of the public to go and look and see, okay, what was she talking about? Oh, and, and follow up and get more information. So I feel like if, if it was possible to get an outline of your staff report, um, a few days before the meeting, then it could become uh, an attachment to the agenda and um, we would all have a chance to sort of um, review that and maybe even be more prepared with questions. You you wouldn't have to, um, you know, drill down in, in detail um, if we already have it presented to us. Just a thought and a, and a request, I guess. Nancy. So I would suggest that another way we can be efficient at our um, SAB meetings is to really use the subcommittees to do the deep dive and then um, have a, a lot of the discussion there and then bring it to the SAB once things have worked out amongst the, the smaller groups. So just a, a bit of, of way we could be more efficient. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, then we had previously had the ability to amend, um, supplement or reorder the agenda during our meeting. That's what the city commission does and we actually had it listed for a time and on our agenda as that option. So I would like to see us add that back in so that if something has come up, um, then during the last two weeks, whatever, then we, we can, can respond to it more timely. How do others feel about that? Is there, does anybody know the history of why that might have been on there or not? Because we were doing that before. I, 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 I recall the thing that was on the agenda was to approve the agenda as is. If you go back about six months, you'll find it. I, I understand, it, but it was but just it was to approve the agenda. It actually had a statement that said to consider the agenda. Are there additional items to be added? I, Kathy, you can probably go back and look and find out. Yeah, it there was an item to approve the agenda, as you're mentioning, and that got added uh, like mid last year uh, on request of this board. So it had been running through the agenda, that agenda item uh, for some time. And a few meetings ago, uh, Stan addressed that, the chair addressed it with this board of, um, it was it okay to remove at this time? I think it was a very particular reason why that got added um, last last year when there was a little bit of uh, concerns of uh, what was getting added to the agenda and where time was being spent uh, during discussion at uh, board meetings. Um, some of you may recall uh, some of those uh, previous issues, uh, but a few uh, meetings ago, it was addressed uh, uh, to be taken out. And I, I, Stan could speak more on that. Um, I know he had reached out to a few of you before the meeting to make sure um, you were okay with that. But if the board would like to bring it back, then absolutely, if the majority wants it back, we can add that. That's pretty simple on my side of things to bring it back. 
Um, it sounds like maybe we need, uh, we've got JT who's gonna give some public comment in just a second. It sounds like maybe I can draft something that I can send to you about all, all of these pieces put together and what a meeting structure would look like and a timeline for agenda submission. Could I do that with, to send to you? Give you one last thing to do? Does that sound okay? And then at our next meeting, we can amend that and approve that as yep. kind of the meeting structure. Is everybody comfortable with that? Okay. JT, thanks. And got to go back to Ty. Oh, yeah. JT, you can lead off our public comment period. Okay. Um, your agendas are utterly unique in that public comment is at the very end. Uh, the first time I came to speak with you, I wanted to speak during general public comment, but because I raised my hand and spoke to uh, an issue that was on your agenda and time was tight at the end of the meeting, the chairperson said, JT's already been heard from, and that was it. So if you were to move public, and I hope that never happens to anyone else again, if you were to move public comment forward in your agenda, if no one comments, then you're, you're done with that item. I would suggest you, you leave it um, behind minutes so that if someone speaks to you and the minutes are incorrect, they have an opportunity to say, that's not what I said in your minutes. But I. I you're utterly unique in having public comment at the very end, and it it leaves the option of just cutting some someone out who came to speak to you. Thank you. Okay. Does anybody have any comments or thoughts about moving public comment up? I agree, and if we could have it be at the um, stated um, for public comment, and then parenthetically for items not already on the agenda, okay. and state that it's you know three minutes or whatever. We have that in there. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Doesn't the city commission take general public comment at the end of their meetings? They do think, at, the or at the beginning. That's at the beginning they of the meetings. Budget. Just general public comment. Currently, it's at the beginning. It okay. used to be at the end, and there's still discussions as to where's the right place. So yeah. There's still active conversations about it. Because we tend we tend to take public comment on action items that we're voting on, that we're actually taking action on, and then we have a separate time for public comment as well. I personally don't have a problem whether it's at the beginning or at the end, but I do feel like there should be a set time allowed for it. So, overall not yeah, just per person right because we can do what's happening sometime at the city commission meeting where they are only taking public comment and hardly get it and then they, then they're working until midnight or two o'clock in the morning okay. we don't have that luxury of time great i think i'll try and put that in there uh, of an element of that I, I appreciate the comment jt um ty do we have you back you do. Thanks so much. And I apologize for my computer crashing earlier. <laughs> um, and so just want to give a quick plug here for, for the, um, I think a resolution uh, does have some, some benefits. And uh, so first I'll address the, um, the, the 
IRP intervention process, and there are other interventions that I think are necessary for Lawrence to be a part of to meet the clean energy goals and to address the innovative uh, clean energy projects that the, the county and city are working on together with the Inflation Reduction Act money. And being in those discussions with Evergy and the IRP and, and maybe a couple other uh, related uh, dockets is uh, kind of the, the only way, I think, to have a seat at the table and navigate how that process plays out as far as GHG reductions and uh, and clean energy um, participation on the on the Evergy grid um, in their in their planning processes and how they count it towards resource adequacy and things like that. So really appreciate the city moving forward uh, with that. I think uh, it's not prohibitively expensive um, and the and the way that we can work together as far as legal and coalitions um, around expert witnesses can take some of the burden off of that. So part of, part of what Sierra Club wants to do is to um, make it a more <laughs> democratic, less exclusive uh, process for to, to have a say in the utility planning process. Um, I should mention, by the way, that I'm the uh, Sierra Club uh, Kansas and Oklahoma uh, field organizer, senior field organizer. So. Um, that's uh, something, a big part of my job is dealing with those, uh, those dockets. And um, the resolution aspect really worked well for Kansas City, Missouri, just as far as saying uh, we don't want coal burnt in our area. Um, and Lawrence uh, Coal Plant there in, in Douglas County um, is, was supposed to stop burning coal this year, and then they just arbitrarily said 2028. Uh, that doesn't affect their capacity uh, to stop burning coal in Lawrence. It doesn't derate them. It's not something that's difficult for them to do. It just um, is a decision they're making based on not wanting to securitize their coal equipment yet. And um, for when Kansas City, Missouri passed a resolution asking them to close Hawthorne, they really had to and did for political and media reasons engage with the city directly and with the people uh, that were working on the climate action plan uh, in Kansas City, Missouri directly. Um, and they still are in in um, in frequent contact, Evergy and the city um, around issues that are important to Kansas City residents and clean energy goals. I think that the resolution had that effect more than the intervention did, uh, I think, in the Missouri area. Um, so I did want to uh, put a plug on on working for working towards a resolution from the uh, SAB to be uh, that the city and or county, uh, maybe both, can uh, demand that coal not be burned in uh, Douglas County. And um, and uh, and any other um, goals that, that might be make sense for the sustainability board to pass on at this time, or especially around the uh, you know, the low income work uh, inflation reduction act possibilities, and how Evergy can combine their efficiency program and their and the resources with uh, uh, clean energy resources with um, with the projects that Lawrence is working on. Great. Um, Community solar, for example. Yeah, so thank you very much and uh, appreciate your time. I do want to add a comment. Go ahead. Okay. Um, just uh, Kathy Richardson, Director of Sustainability. I just want to mention, um, I did contact staff within KCMO. Um, they have confirmed with me that they did not pass the resolution. So I just want to clarify that, that there was no resolution from Kansas City, Missouri, uh, but they did include it, uh, some, a section there about the closure of the Hath 
Thorn coal fire power plant in their climate action planning uh, document. So just want to clarify because I've reached out uh, to Kansas City, Missouri for a copy of the resolution and um, they did let me know that that was not something they did. Hmm. I apologize. We talked about my uh, using the word resolution when it was the, the passage of the climate action plan, which was passed by the city. Um, and the city commission, but it was not technically, should, I shouldn't have been using the term resolution for that because that's a different political term of art. So I apologize for that. Thanks. Thanks for the clarification. Uh, Don. I, I would like to add this to our agenda for next month. And I was wondering if um, Ty could send us a, cop, a copy of the what is already drafted, or and maybe or maybe Kathy can send us the one that Kansas City had drafted that apparently didn't pass. I think it's worth us discussing next month. So, um, just in in light of what we discussed before, I, I guess I would ask if that sounds like something that can be done within a subcommittee. That work would be done within a subcommittee, like the Climate Action Plan, because that's where it was for Douglas County Mo, right? Uh, for Douglas County, for KC Mo, it was within their climate action plan. Kathy, is what you said? It was a discussion within all the stakeholders, uh, similar to the process right now of the drafting of the climate action and adaptation plan for Douglas County that has a steering committee and staff members, and it's, it's opened up these open houses for public comment. So this type of uh, discussion was part of um, that action the climate action planning uh, process and eventually it did make it into the plan so if that's something that the sab uh, subcommittee for the climate action plan would like to uh, submit to uh, douglas county we have the contacts for feedback for the douglas county climate action and adaptation plan the draft is currently out um, as you all know it is not a final draft so uh, that is a process that uh, the subcommittee could submit um, some of that feedback like they've been providing feedback for the last few months on that climate action and adaptation plan. But, but Kathy, couldn't we as a subcommittee also work on a resolution for the city independent of what we do for the Douglas County uh, climate action plan? Uh, usually advisory board members don't write legal documents like a resolution or ordinance. I know that's been an exception in this uh, board that has had subcommittees that have drafted like the single-use plastic bag um, ordinance that then was rewritten by our legal staff once the commission um, directed staff to work on it. Uh, earlier this meeting, I mentioned that staff is working on this. So if the purpose of passing a resolution is for the commission, and this is what Ty's explained to me in the past is for the commission to make the statement and direct the city manager to work on this. It's currently a work in, in process. So we're, we're telling you our staff is working on this currently. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I don't understand what the advantage is of the resolution, uh, but you can choose to have a discussion of that in your subcommittee if you think that um, I don't know if it's you don't trust that staff is working on this or or where this is going, um, but certainly it is something that we're currently working on. Um, so yeah. Okay. Okay. I Sorry. have okay. Um, 
a comment. I, Kathy, I don't think it has anything to do about trust, really. It's just that we've made comments to Douglas County for the Climate Action Plan, and some of these things haven't gotten in there. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'm, it, it's the current plan doesn't say close the coal plant. And it also doesn't say support developing renewable energy. So um, I think the issue is that we, I would like to see it in multiple areas like um, Nancy's suggesting that we encourage the commissioners to provide a resolution. We encourage Douglas County um, to support renewable energy and to close the coal plant ask Evergy to close the coal plant. So far it hadn't made it into the climate action plan, which is bizarre to me because this is about greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't have anything to do with not trusting staff. It has to do with trying to emphasize the importance of, of having this go forward and having it go forward with the city because the county is not doing it. And we have someone coming from the public and and re requesting it, so I feel like it's worthy of at least discussing it, of giving a little bit of time at the next meeting. <laughs> I think that it's that is perfectly appropriate for this board to review already drafted resolutions uh, and decide whether or not that it should be recommended to to the city commission and in you know in support of that either we could put it forward or we can send a letter in support of um, someone else uh, submitting it for discussion at the city commission and i think that yeah we can't wait around for the climate action plan to get done to to make these statements got it Anybody else? Any other? I don't think I saw any other public commenters. Uh, yes, Dan. More than, um, uh, okay. uh, looking ahead at future meetings, we have um, our meeting in February. I think is February 14. Um, I don't know if that's a potential conflict for people, but just throw that out there. That are, are you asking me to be around? <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that. Should we go out for Valentine's dinner? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. It's a good. It's a good point. I noticed that when I was Thanks. looking at my calendar, my availability. That um, I don't know if it's a problem, but just be aware. Okay, we will take that into account. Thank you. And we can change our meeting dates yep. as long as we give sufficient notice to the public and have the agenda. Yep. Reflect that. So. Uh, Cameron, you. Uh, sorry, Nancy, do you have one more thing? I was just going to say, can we suggest right now just to make it a week sooner or a week later in February? I'm not currently prepared to do that, partially because I'm supposed to uh, go on a trip <laughs> with my wife for our 20th anniversary, and we haven't set the date yet. So <laughs> I apologize that I don't know if it's going to be a week sooner or a week later. It is in I'm February. I'm going to be in Yellowstone a week sooner. A week so sooner? I... Stands out. For, he's going to be in Yellowstone. We're... I know we're not going to Yellowstone for our anniversary, so we will not see you <laughs> here. Um, but, uh, I'm actually likely, I likely will be unavailable on, on the 14th, but not because of any, 
dinner dates. <laughs> I'll be I'll be traveling for work. Okay. So it sounds like we got some conflicts on the 14th. We'll try and work on that date. And, um, and the week before. And the week before. I don't have any conflicts on the 14th, but I thought I would okay. bring it up. Right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to draft something. Uh, is Cameron still on here? Cameron left. So we'll have to think about, hopefully that wasn't a, a product of our shenanigans. I think uh, we're, does anybody have anything else before we adjourn for the evening? Thank you to our... I'd just like to make one thing, one, uh, um, I mentioned that there, uh, if, if, if y'all aren't already aware, there's a, a development project called the New Boston Crossing that's being proposed um, right by the wetlands. Um, and I was trying to find the next uh, planning commission date for that um, uh, discussion, and I, I can't find it. But just something that for people to, to pay attention to, I think that it, it um, we should. It, we should definitely not be building a gigantic new development right on top of the wetland, which is going to require bringing in a, a bunch of dirt to, to change the, the, the level of the land, which is going to change the drainage. And it's just um, a really bad idea. So just uh, keep your eyes and ears open on that one and try to attend planning commission meetings as you're able. Sounds great. I think Kay's done really well too for 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 you, Don, and for everybody that sees those kind of things. Passing those on to Kathy, so we um, they can be distributed to all the members is a really great idea. There is a Douglas County, um, well, it's Lawrence Douglas County Planning Commission on the 18th, I believe, is the solar solar Sky Energy, Sky Energy. Kansas Sky Energy uh, Planning Commission meeting is on the 18th. Yep. Thanks very much. Thank you all, and we'll see you in, in January. Bye. Kathy, is that okay?